0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is scott Scott Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Donner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm all right. So we'll dive right into it. And Chris, we're back to normality, where we will be discussing two Celtic defeats on the bounce. Okay. Um, and we will start with Celtic's 4-3 defeat in the Europa League to Real Betis. More defensive frailties yet again for Celtic, Chris, where Celtic were 2-0 up, then after that, they completely crumbled. What was your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, as you mentioned, um, it couldn't have started any better. Um, I thought, well, the goal on the counter that led to the opening goal, I thought rolgic and Jota were terrific. The Jota assistant to uh, Ayete in the box. Um, initially, it was ruled out as they thought it was a handball, but thankfully VR rectified that call. Um, then up the other end, it's forced to save out a uh, Joe Hart, captain for the night. He's stepped into a leadership role in quite a short space of time at the club. Um, and then again, the what led to the second goal, once again, we were really deadly on the break. Um, it was really good link-up play between Ayeti and Turnbull. Um, Ayeti was then filled in the box by Bravo. Um, Juranovich scored the uh, ensuing penalty. And, and then we,
0: I see when it was 2-0 when Celtic went 2-0 up, Chris. You were thinking, oh my God, what am I watching? This is going to be something special. This will be a special night for Celtic and Postacoglu. And then after that, it just went all downhill.
1: Yeah, I couldn't quite believe I was watching. Um, we actually had the chance to go up three, just not too long after that, which would, would have been would have been an absolute dreamland, and that could have changed the game completely. Um, but unfortunately the keeper, managed to make himself big and then the ball fell to Aieti, but he couldn't really get anything on it. It was basically just a wee crappy back heel that the keeper soon gathered. Um, And then after that, Betis showed their quality. Um, Miranda, he cut through the defence like a hot knife through butter. Um, It's not difficult to see why he's an ex-Barcelona talent. Um, We failed to clear from that one. And then again from the second one, two in quick succession. We were caught out again, I felt. Um, they managed to beat the offside trap, um, and then he was able to play it across the box to a three-player, just and it was quite an easy tap-in.
0: Yeah, and, um, <clears throat> like, see Celtic, though. I will say this, right, I thought Celtic, throughout the game, did play some decent stuff, but it was just yet again the defence is what is letting this Celtic team down. And it doesn't help the fact as well, Chris, we'll come into this in more detail later on when we speak about the living game. That squad is very, very thin, you know, and Posta Coglu has spent big in the summer. And I know Celtic are missing some key players, but you, he, you, you would have thought he would have, like, been prepared for something like this, you know? Yeah, um, well, we've got the
1: Greg Taylors out, um and goalie started the Livingston game um, rightly or wrongly but uh, yeah even like I, at first I thought the defence was a kill heel but the defenders that he's got in now they're the ones that he's went out and signed or got on loan I know we're still missing Joanne, who's our defensive talisman so I don't know what I'm hoping he makes some sort of difference when he comes back into the squad but the players that are starting now um, Cameron Carter-Vickers and um, Carol Sarfield Starfiel-
0: yeah yeah yeah, it seems like Starfeld <laughs> has got that cuss of the number four jersey, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely Unfortunately. does. <laughs> um, but you see Real Betis, they are a very good side, right? And they scored some good goals. But they, in a sense, right, like Real Betis took them well. But my God, like Celtic just made it far too easy for them. Like, I, I, see, when I was watching the game back, I was cringing at how poor Celtic were. possession at times like just gifting the ball to Real Betis and they must have been thinking my god like this is this is too easy for us like if Celtic had a competent defense maybe they could have got a result but it's like it's the same issue as last season Chris Celtic's defense was poor and see now I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out on a limb right I think the defense is worse than it was last year old statement given the state of defence
1: was in last season um, but yeah, yeah you I love the
0: days, it. days in the season but from what I've seen of this Celtic defence, I am not impressed at all, like I would say uh, the only good centre half I can pinpoint in that Celtic squad is Julian, that's it nobody else and I know Celtic fans say, oh we need Julian back we need Julian, yeah, right, that's one good centre half, what about the rest of them? I know it's still early days for uh, Carter Vickers and um, but, yeah, Betis, he did, he did not have a good game, right? You can put that down to a one-off, but it's just, what if he doesn't come good as well? And you're like, Julian needs a partner and needs a good, solid, competent defender beside him, you know? And if he doesn't get that, nothing will change.
1: No, absolutely not. Just going back to the game, um, so, yeah, 3-2, it was a good good cross from the left end of the box. So it was quite a routine tap-in. And then as you're touching on that, it was defensive errors we couldn't clear the ball from that corner and it fell to the best player and it was a well-hit shot and off the far post so
0: yeah i thought again, I was it was this as well yeah i thought the, i thought the boy took it tremendously well and um, just went right through the defense but yet again defensive mistakes tumble poor header gifting it right to the real best player and celtic got punished for it
1: yeah i I lost my train of thought that i was going to make a point before he interrupted, but I can't remember it now
0: <laughs> Sorry mate, I, you know I've got a tendency of doing that, you know <laughs> I'm trying my best to stop it <laughs> But continue, if you can recall No I can't, just move on <laughs> Sorry, but yeah um, But go, like, obviously what we were saying there, with the Celtic defence still the mistakes keep happening, but as the game like went on, Celtic had bags of possession and then towards the end were you thinking when Ralston got that goal, could it be, could we maybe bring this back?
1: Yeah, well, before Ralston got the goal, uh, Rogic had that left-footed volley that rattled the post. Um, so it felt like there might be something of Brown towards the end. And then with five minutes ago, like that free kick in Ralston's header, well, I was like, here's hoping, maybe something. The ball's in our court now kind of thing for the last few minutes. Maybe we can snatch an equaliser and it'd be a... Well, I say, well, one hard fought point. You were, we were two 0 up. We could have went three up and we threw the game. So a point after how the game started would have still been a disappointing result. It would have been better than the defeat, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, but see, how would you sum that game up overall in terms of Celtic's performance? And obviously, you said that it was very disappointing to lose a game four three. But how would you sum the performance up as a collective?
1: Yeah. Started well, and then just a better team, better different class, the class shone through, and was a undoing.
0: Uh, I want to speak about Ralston. Um, I think he surprised a lot of people, including myself. I think he's he's actually been one of Celtic's like key men this season, where a, a lot of people just wrote him off and were surprised that Postacoglu brought him into the squad uh, for this campaign. Has he really surprised you? And would you say he's one of one of, he can be one of Celtic's key players going forward?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just scoring goals for fun. At one point, I think he's got about four or some four, maybe five. I've not looked that up, but on the season. But, uh, yeah, pre-season looking at the squad, I thought he's kind of one of the weak links. I like, thought the whole defence was a weak link, but I thought we need a better right back in. And, indeed, that's how we went out and spent the money on Juranovic. But um, just his performances at the start of the season, it was like Juranovic is going to need to work his way into the squad. That's um sort of Ralston's job to lose, maybe. Well, in time, you don't go out and spend the money on an international defender to basically sat on the bench, um, has been worked into the squad through injuries, um, playing him out left. Um, and I think he maybe can, he can play centre as well. But, uh, yeah, I think Ralston's a part of Andrew's first-team plans for this season, an important piece of the puzzle.
0: How do you think uh, Montgomery done uh, playing out left against Betis?
1: Uh, I think he, he did all right, yeah. I think he's one to watch, uh, get him a, a, a bit more playing time um, and he could have a big future at the club
0: um, and I just say before we go on to the Levy game I yeah, just want to touch on um, Joe Hart do you think see with some of the goals do you think he could have done better for any of the four goals or do you think he wasn't at fault for any
1: Um and I've got them wrote down Um. Sorry, I'm just consulting my notes here. I'm trying to sort of yeah. visualise them in my head again.
0: Yeah, because obviously he had that, the, the captain's armband uh, that yeah. night and uh, we didn't expect him to get it. So we did um, because since Callum McGregor was out, there was no one else really to like take it, you know, and obviously he's very experienced.
1: Maybe looking at my notes, maybe what, the first and the third goal, he could have maybe done a bit better on the second one. It was played across him, the boy was unmarked and it was a tap-in, um, the volley that was in off the post, he was well beaten with that one, he was just rooted to the spot, couldn't do anything with that one, but maybe the first and third goals I think he could have done
0: better with. Mm-hmm. So obviously a defeat for Celtic in their opening Europa League game to Real Betis away from home, um, it wasn't the fairy tale Celtic fans thought it could have been, um, so we move on, to Celtic's league game away to Livy at the Tony Macaroni. Um, I don't think anyone seen this result coming, Chris, where Celtic got beat 1-0 off Livingston. Uh, Ex-Rangers player Andrew Shinney scored a terrific goal to win the game for Livy, where Livy won their first league game of the season. Um, Chris, that must have been... A, I, I, they Obviously, they, losing to Real Betis... It was a so and disappointing considering Celtic win 2-0. But this one, losing to live away from home in the league, from a Celtic's point of view, it's got to be unacceptable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Our, um, Living-
1: our seeming hoodoo that we've got when we go to Livingston continues. We've actually not won there since Livingston were promoted back in 2018. Just going right off off, every single start line I could think of when I was preparing for the pod tonight. Um, so we've only won, I think it's only one win in our last 12 away games. Um, we've not won away in the league since February or March. Um, six out of the last seven in all competitions away we've been defeated. Um, so our worst league start in 23 years, the start line that Rangers fans are loving, is it's our worst start in the first six games for Anz and Pedro Cuxinha. And um, obviously the first three away league games of the season were bust.
0: So, in terms of the the performance, Chris, um, what did you make of it? Um, from what I've seen of the game, Celtic just looked very flat. So they did throughout the whole game. Created a few chances here and there, but just was not enough. Bags of possession, but just not productive with it at all. Just really poor, especially in that final third.
1: Yeah, they were really wasteful. Yeah. Um, didn't have a lot happening. Abada had a shot blocked and then from the soon corner um shot over Bowling Goalie. Um his first game for Celtic since his um trip away like, during the height of COVID. Um forced it was a weird cross that forced a bit of an awkward save out of Shriek. Um and then against the run of play um Shinney that got a well took goal
0: hmm And uh, I just want to ask you, what's your thoughts on Bollingoli coming back?
1: I, I was surprised it wasn't good. Like I had the personal at the time, obviously I don't like that's unacceptable. I a disactum. Um but I, I didn't think that it was in Andrew's plans at all. I don't think he was named in the Europa League side at all. Um for the upcoming Euro- well, the current European campaign even. So I don't know if he's like been forced to play him now because Greg Taylor's going to be out, but it's um, obviously in Angie's plans now. Don't know if all's forgiven. Um, seems like Celtic fans weren't booing him on Sunday, not that I could hear from watching it on the TV.
0: Mm-hmm. And obviously Starfelt uh, was not in a team against Livy. Welsh came in. He didn't do he, he didn't do great for Livy's goal, did he? I don't think he covered himself in any glory whatsoever.
1: No, he didn't. And then towards the end of the half, um, Livy had a chance from a free kick. came um, was almost straight at heart and it was just sort of like a reflex reaction that Hart just stuck his arm out and that was enough to knock the ball over the bar. Um, if it had been either side of him, it would have been two and a and that, that would have been what like even worse. It, we didn't look like scoring after Livy um, first, went, first went up. Um, they were just well organised, we were wasteful in the final third, flat performance as you and the task to get that important goal to get back in the game, but the task just seemed even more difficult once we went one behind.
0: I've seen uh, James McCarthy got a lot of criticism uh, of Celtic fans saying he just does not look fit, his legs are gone, how do you think he done against Livy on Sunday?
1: Did nothing to be honest and I think it was quite warranted that he was subbed off
0: you remember um, at the start of the season I said to you when Celtic signed him it, the signing just reminded me of when we signed Graham Dorans four years ago under Pedro Casinha like Graham Dorans big Rangers man James McCarthy, big Celtic man both of them were great players in the EPL but they've came to their boyhood clubs when their legs are gone and I think that's exactly what's happened to McCarthy.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting observation. Obviously, he's a good bit older than Shane Shane Duffy, another Celtic man who came up here thinking it was going to be an easy ride and look what happened. But um, I think maybe the the press and Twitter maybe need to cut him a bit of slack. Um, Otherwise, uh, he will just be another Shane Duffy. Maybe not regarded as massive a flop as that, but um, yeah, certainly it won't help him settle in or anything like that.
0: So... Like, what do you think against Livy, right? What do you think Celtic like really lacked? What do you think they really could have done better? Do you, who, See, if they had Kyogo there, do you think that could have been a different game? Because when you look at that final third, the only player I could see that really could cause a problem for Livy on Sunday was Ayeti. That was it. You know, because I'm just... When I'm looking at Celtic starting a living from Sunday, it just... I don't, it doesn't scream quality to me, you know it, like you've got Tumbo, g- good player, but last couple games I think he's just he's not been firing in, in, in all cylinders um, a bad, uh, I don't know, but yeah like that's the thing, Celtic are as I said in the pod in Podella, they are missing some key players but like do you think things could have been different if they had, Celtic had their their main guys back, like McGregor Kyogo?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Actually, it wasn't until I watched sports team back that they touched on the fact that some of our quality's gone after the transfer window, and that was the first that I really thought about it, and it did strike me that, yeah, we are missing that kind of staff quality, so, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at that Celtic bench from Sunday, Chris. That is... Like Postecoglou will be looking at that bench and be like, "Who can I bring on to change this game?" Like he's got Sorrell, like he brought in Sorrell, Beton and Johnson. Like, <laughs> like that, they're they're not going, they're not going to come on and win your game, are they?
1: No, <laughs> no, that wasn't no, really any difference makers or any up with come on and kick started the team, so to speak.
0: But In terms of Livy, though, we we'll speak about Livy. In terms of Livy, how impressed were you with them? Like, they're a very well organized uh, unit, so they are like they're, they're very well coached under David Martindale. What positives can you give Livy from Sunday?
1: Uh, yeah, just very well organized, made it tough, tough for us to break down. Um, obviously, used that. Classic pitch a bit to advantage. I don't, don't know if it was tongue in cheek about, but David Martindale made a comment about not watering the pitch before the game. So um I'm not going to use that as an excuse for Celtic's performance or anything like that. Um the squad we've got should be going to places like Levy, classic pitch, grass, whatever, and playing on it and getting the right result.
0: Yeah, like see the the whole excuse about the with the uh, Levy's uh, plastic pitch, it's so redundant now, isn't it? Like if you like, even okay. you would go to Livy, like for example when Gary Holt beat Steven Gerrard in Gerrard's first season. Gerrard's, if uh, I think it was Gerrard's. Second loss as Rangers manager. I second loss as Rangers manager. And then I can remember me at the time saying all these bloody plastic pitches and all that. See, now, I, like, if we were to go to Livy and we drop points, it's, I'm not going to use that as excuse. Like, as you said, the old firm have enough quality to go to Livy and win. Like, <laughs> Rangers and Celtic have done it before, <laughs> you know. Um, like, obviously, we've done it last season um, a couple of times. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, there's no excuse really. Um, But as much as we despise him, sadly, the plastic pitches are here to stay, you know. But that's uh, three league defeats for Postacoglu in the first six games. Um, For any old firm team, that is a damning stat, Chris.
1: Especially this early
0: on. Absolutely. Um, As bad as we
1: were last season, we're now only two off our total tally for league losses last season where we had five Um, in um, time I do believe the results will kind of even themselves out Um, at, at the current rate probably anticipate more than five losses but worry about it when it comes to it. as long as we start getting a bit more consistency about the team and picking up away results then I'm not going to pound the panic alarm at this stage
0: what do you make of? Uh, I know it's a minority, <clears throat> but may as well uh, raise it. There's a minority on Twitter, Celtic dads, who are yeah. saying Postacoglu's time is up. That it's this is uh, experiment is not working. We need, we need to get rid of them while we can. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's nonsense, to be honest.
0: So <laughs> I know. Um, I obviously, have my doubts about Postacoglu, right? Um, I do think he deserves time. But if these kind of results continue, you know what it's like at the Old Firm. We, we want to give managers time, and he does need time to rebuild this Celtic squad after the disaster that happened last season. But if he keeps losing game after game and getting bad results it can't continue. Look what happened with Pedro Cassina. He was getting bad result after bad result, and then we just had to pull the trigger. You said to me uh, in the school school chat the other day, if this was to continue, then you'd have no choice but to get rid of him.
1: Yeah, there's only so long you can give him. Um, don't think most well, most decent Celtic fans, like Bobby Celtic dads, they'll tell you that this season's all about a rebuild, and there shouldn't we shouldn't unless Rangers completely bottled it or and we start to pack results up, then there would be no realistic expectation of any sort of title challenge this season. But we definitely want to see progress towards it that we do sort of close that gap. Um, if these results continue and Rangers start running away with it, then that'll probably be time up for Ange. I think.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would imagine so. Um, so, is there anything else that you want to touch on, Chris, before we move on to the Rangers segment? Uh, no, I'm good. So, Chris, as uh, all the listeners know, this is the segment where I pass over the, the hosting duties to your lovely self and fire away. So, obviously, we'll start with the Rangers-Leon game.
1: <clears throat> yep, last week you were confident. Well, I wouldn't say confident. You were been optimistic saying yeah. you sort of get the 2-1 on, on the night. Um Didn't quite go that way, did it, Scott?
0: No, it did not. Um, I uh, I was being very optimistic, um, but uh, I said on on the podcast that it lay on a a terrific side and uh, they showed their qualities on the night at Ibrox with the beaters 2-0. Obviously, it was a real sore one, losing the opening Europa League group game. But, yeah, it was... It was it was a terrific goal. One I believe, I think could have been prevented, you know. Um, so that was that was a real gutter. But don't like you can't take it away from them. It was a it was a beautiful strike, but I think we could have done a bit better with that one. And then obviously shortly after that, like Joe Aribo, Ryan Kent, and Lundstrom had some decent chances, but we could not prevail. So at half time I was feeling a bit Still, still optimistic, uh, hoping right we can go out there uh, and we can do this. Uh, you know we can still get result. You know, and then second half, Leon go two and a lot through a James Tavenier own goal, a number of errors leading up to it, which right, like so. But Ryan Kent, uh, he tracked back to win the ball. Um, he loses possession. Alan McGregor makes a double save. Conor Goldson clears the ball off the line, but it hits off Tavernier and ends up being a James Tavernier own goal. And see at that level, Chris, when you're up against a top team like Leon, you cannot afford to make those kind of errors. You know, you just can't. So then not long after that, James Tavernier had a free kick, which clipped off the woodwork. Ryan Kent ended up coming off with an injury. Um, He's out for a number of weeks. To be honest, I think that will be a blessing in disguise, Chris, because Ryan Kent has not been himself this season. I touched on it last week. He's lacking something. He's lacking that oomph. He's lacking a bit of confidence. Um, I think this could do do him the world of good. Comes back fresh, ready to go, and hopefully we can see the Ryan Kent that we all know that he can be, which is a top-quality winger who's fearless and just takes players on for fun. Overall, though, as disappointing as it was, I thought we didn't play all that bad. You know, um, we were just a wee bit lack- we were just lacking that bit of quality in the final third. The best chance I thought that we had was uh, with Ryan Kent in the first half, which uh, their goalkeeper put out for a corner. Um, Morelos was pretty much isolated throughout the whole game, not getting a lot of good service. Um James Tavernier, he was not good if I'm being honest at all uh, against Leon, you know but it's just one of those ones Chris where you just need to hold your hand up and just be like they were the better team in the night and I would say they're the best team in the group this is a this is a Champions League team that we've came up against this is they're no they're no mugs they're not at all Um, they made the Champions League semi-final over a year ago of course they're not the same side as they once were but this team should be playing the Champions League and they will top this group there's no doubt about it I don't honestly I don't see them losing a game in this group I, I, I'll i see that I can see them going pretty much all the way at least to the semi-finals of this competition
1: yeah absolutely Um that, you just touched on give Rangers credit Um for the highlights I've seen certainly the chances were there but just like that bit of quality in the final third as you say and we on our side of their quality just took their chances so I think that's so overall quite a fair assessment
0: of that result. Uh, it was um massive massive missed opportunity. Um that was see because Celtic dropped points at Livy. Celtic dropped points at Livy and that was a great opportunity to extend the gap over Celtic and we just we just we, we didn't but but it was a missed opportunity, you know, because see first half, I would say that was the first half against Motherwell. We played some great stuff. We knocked the ball around tremendously well. We had 14 shots and six on target only in the first half. You know, that first half performance was probably the best we've played all season, you know? Um, So yeah, like, but there was one scare in the first half and uh, (laughs) Jack Simpson was massively at fault. So Lamy kicks the ball up the pitch. Um, Simpson, out! Of, he was out of position. He allowed Tony Watt to go through. Um, he takes it past Simpson again, and then takes it past McGregor. And then it seemed to be an easy tap-in for Tony Watt until Conor Goldson made that last-ditch beautiful tackle, you know, and he got away with that one. He massively got away with that. And it just shows yeah. you the quality Conor Goldson has. Yeah, and then it was... Um
1: off that uh, goal-saving tackle. He's actually went down the other end and got the goal.
0: Yeah, um, exactly, Sakala. Uh, it was great to see him uh, getting his first competitive goal. He looked lively, had bags of pace, lots of energy, and he offers something different in this Rangers side that uh, compared to Morelos. Right? Morelos is still our best striker, right? But Morelos is not exactly the quickest, but Sakala, he, he gives, that, gives us that extra... Bit of pace down that down the middle, you know. So yeah, I was I was delighted to see him get his first goal, even though he was he was offside. But who cares, you know? Mm. Uh, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he was unlucky not to make it a double um ball, but the chance the ball went under Kelly, and um, he was thankful that his defender was there.
0: Oh yeah, I know, um one hundred and ten percent. But yeah, like. Like, basically, so that first half, we played tremendously well. Then the second half starts, and um, we were oh, not the... I'm back to... Sorry, Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'll make... second half, we were not the same side, Chris, that's for sure. Um. The I would say the key moment in the second half, right, we just looked at a totally different side. We looked fatigued, so we, were, we looked tired. But the key moment was we hit Motherwell on the counter-attack. Um, Stephen Davis goes on a blistering run with the ball, Right. And he attempts to pass the ball to unmarked Kamara, who was in the box, right, on his right-hand side. But he just puts too much power on the ball and it goes out for a goal kick. Then, not long after that, Motherwell go up and score. Um, Simpson, yet again, at fault. Let's O'Hara glide past him too easily. Goldson intercepts uh, the ball, but ends up at uh, Willery's uh, foot. And he smashed it into the net. And all round, it was a poor goal to concede. But I just want to touch on Jack Simpson. He had a horror show uh, on Sunday. You know, that was uh, a big opportunity for him. Uh, it's a big opportunity for him in the, in the, like overall to come in and try and make a name for himself. And he's not been impressive at all. Like, uh, uh, you see, on Sunday, I, when I was watching him play, it just reminded me of, watching the likes of Rob Kiernan play, you know, like that's what it reminded me of. I, I was not impressed, you know, and I was feeling that I was I, as me, as Per, I am tr- I always like to be Mr. Positive at times when it comes to Rangers. And then I when he was coming at the side, I was like, ah oh, I, I think he could do well. I think he'll be a solid squad player. I think you I think he can do a job. Uh, I've got my doubts. <laughs> I've got my doubts that's for sure.
1: Um Correct me if I'm wrong, that Marble goal, that was their only shot on
0: target the whole game. Um, It was indeed, Chris. It was indeed, you know. And um, right after they scored, Chris, um, we struggled to really create many chances. We were just putting aimless crosses into the box, just hoping for the best. Um, we, as I was saying, we looked tired, just... It was a game we should have not lost. We should never have lost that game because we had, we created enough chances on the day to finish Mullowell and see that key moment, which I just touched on, with Stephen Davis, where he attempted to pass it to Kamara, but he just put too much power on it. If Mm -hmm. Kamara scored that, 2-0, game done. Yeah. uh, Um, Yeah.
1: And later on in the game um, Aribo had a shot it was on target but Morelos has blocked it and diverted it round the post what did you make of that chance
0: oh frustrating <laughs> very frustrating you know um, it was like I don't know what it is with Rangers right now we're not firing and we're not firing, in, uh, we're not firing all cylinders right now we're not like smashing teams we were like the way we were last season you know and Celtic dropping points if we had beat Mullerwell oh, like that would have just been brilliant. It would all be buzzing, you know. And when I left the stadium, it was like oh, it was a real kidney teeth. It was it was a real gutter, you know. Like you know when Celtic lose, I always like you wind up Joe and etc. Like Joe's a Celtic fan, obviously, who's a part of the podcast. I but I couldn't I couldn't exactly be like oh my usual self wind up because we dropped points too. But obviously it wasn't as bad as what happened at the Tony Macaroni, you know. Um, but we just need to find our form, start playing the way we were last season, up our performances and just just start smashing teams and run away with this league. Because the way Celtic started this season, um, it's like, <laughs> I'm not worried at all. You know when I look at that Celtic team, I'm not worried, I'm more than confident. Even in this Rangers team, even though we're not playing the most ideal football, we're still going to win this league comfortably. Because when you look at Celtic, they are <laughs> you might disagree, but I don't see Celtic mounting a, a serious title challenge this season.
1: I'd agree with you there. Um, yeah, it's still up in there as to how exactly the season's going to play out with Celtic. Um, obviously, this, um and consistent run form away from home um, that needs to sort itself out before I can really say how close Celtic will get to Rangers this season um, but shouldn't be too disappointed Jesus still top of the table just because I've seen it back with the crowd it's like you just went a point well it's only a point it's early days but top of the table and the crowd just looked completely deflated but I could understand why because it's like, we've touched on it was there for the taking motherwell what must be frustrating having all their chances, wasting them and getting done out the three points by what the sole shot on target the whole game going into the goal.
0: Yeah. And also, it didn't help the fact, that I'm not making excuses, right, because we should have won the game on a day and we'd done enough to win the game, but we were just so wasteful with our chances. Uh, it was so frustrating. But see, once motherwell scored, their time-wasting tactics, oh my God, man, it was... It was painful to watch, mate. It really was. And I can understand why they were doing it, right? I'm not going to be one of these guys that criticises it. Um, the guy that I'm going to criticise is the referee because Motherwell players were clearly time-wasting. like, They were dropping like flies. They were pretending that they were hurt. When, when their players were getting subbed off, they were walking so, so slow, you know, and the referee wasn't doing a thing about it. I think he yellow-carded the, the goalkeeper in the second half for time wasting, but that was it. And usually when a substitution is happening towards the end of the game, the referee would tell the player to hurry up. He never, he didn't do any of that, you know. And listen to this interesting stat, Chris. Of the 97 minutes that were played on Sunday, only 46 of it was actually spent playing football.
1: Yeah, that is quite a start. Um Obviously you were touching on like telling them to hurry off it, hurry up and get off the pitch if they're being subbed. They can they don't need to walk to the touchline, they can go off at like the other side of the pitch for all they care.
0: Yeah, I know. And uh, I can uh, like, as I said, I can understand why Graham Alexander played like that. That's, That's who I'm blaming, you know, because he should have done more to prevent that kind of those kind of like tactics being implemented.
1: Not the, I was going to say, not the first time role played tactically at Ibrox last season. They played the most anti-football ever when they went one behind but it didn't pay off for them on that day.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I want to touch on uh, Jack Simpson again, right? Um, I One thing I don't get, right, is how did Steven Gerrard, I love, oh, everyone knows I love Steven Gerrard, right, but one thing I don't get Why did he think it was... Why did he think it was... That Jack Simpson was the better option ahead of George Edmondson? I can totally understand why he loaned out Katic. I agree with that. Katic needs regular playing time. George Edmondson, though, I've always been a fan of his. And see when he had that spell on the team in 2020. He scored against Leverkusen. He had a blinder uh, away to Braga. So he did... Why did he think it was a good idea to get rid of him and then think it was smart to keep Jack Simpson? I don't get that, you know, because Edmondson made a mistake last year. He loaned him out to, uh, I think it was Derby maybe, he loaned him out and he came back and then he sold him, you know, and I, I think he could have been a great player for us, you know, and I think if Edmondson was in this team, he would slot in well as a a good replacement for the time being while Hollander's out, you know, and he's, he's, like he's proved himself at Rangers, Simpson, Simpson hasn't, you know. So that is a strange one. Why Gerard thought to get rid of him instead of like Simpson?
1: You do wonder. Like you touched on Edmondson, like breaking COVID rules, obviously not as serious as what Bowen goalie did, and yet he still finds himself at Celtic and getting a start.
0: Yeah, um, it's no, it's a strange one. So it is, but Mallowell, well, they got, they got. They got their point and the, their game plan once they scored totally <laughs> worked for them, you know. Um, but I we, will say this so it was um, an interesting front three that uh, Steam Gerrard went with, 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 uh, with uh, Kamar Roof and Sakhalin, Scott Wright. And uh, obviously we ran Ken out of the team for a number of weeks. Scott Wright, it's a great opportunity for him to just be getting consistent first-team football. And he can really stamp... His marker in that position. So hopefully for his sake, he can thrive to the occasion because that that see Ryan Kent's position, no one is touching him for that. He's got no real competition there. So Scotty Wright has a great chance to really give Ryan Kent a run for his money, you know.
1: Kent get straight back into the team after his start to the season of Scott Wright's firing on all cylinders
0: yeah no exactly I know and uh, I will say this as well Steven Davis um, love him to bits but see tomorrow night against Livy I want to see him get a wee rest like he's, he looks stunning you know especially at the age of 36 you know just playing Livy in the cut I don't want to underestimate Livy but and they will be booming with contents by the way after getting a result against Celtic but yeah, give him a wee rest yeah and I would drop James Tavenier for tomorrow and give Nathan Patterson a, a shot in the team man like uh, Nathan Patterson, man, like I think, oh man, he must be like tearing his hair out in the stands, like because as much as I love James Tavernier, he's been very underwhelming so far this season. So he has like obviously scored the best goal of his Rangers career last week at St Johnston, um, <clears throat> but he's he's not been the same player as he was last year, you know. And I don't like many of the, pl- the pl- our players have been. The same as last year, a lot of them are out, out of form. You know, I don't know if it's second season second season syndrome, a hangover from last season. Don't know what it is, but see once Rangers start coming into good form, I think that's where Rangers will start to, like, comfortably run away with the title.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting the time and working their way back into that form. Um, I think... Obviously, the season ended. Obviously, as it does, that maybe killed a little bit of momentum, and they've not been able to carry it forward or pick it up again quite as quick. But I think it will come in time.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah, I agree. And uh, the last time, obviously, on the uh, uh, on Rangers, is um, well, just basically on the Rangers Motherwell game. Flag Day was massively underwhelming, like. <laughs> I was so disappointed, Chris. Like, genuinely, I was expecting a, a, a huge display. The teams out on the pitch, fireworks, the whole nine yards, all that stuff, and all we done was unveil the flag. That was it. I actually
1: <laughs> forgot to touch on the fact that it was Flag Day. I've got that jotted down. No,
0: that that that's what it was. That's what Flag Day was. Yep. We unveiled the flag. No display, no fireworks for our 55th title, our first title in 10 years. Just unveil the flag, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's a special title as well, obviously. First one back, 55, which was a mantra for a couple of years going for 55 and then stopping Celtic's precious 10. It's a special title for Rangers.
0: Yeah, I was was disappointed in the club because I thought they would do more for that kind of occasion. And uh, I... Like 10 years ago when we had our flag day against Hearts, it was a beautiful display. Like it was it was tremendous. So it was it was a spectacle. And a lot of the support got into Ibrox very early. Cause usually a lot of Rangers fans are being allowed and they'll be at the pub and they'll usually tend to get in at maybe quarter two or like 10 to or whatever. A lot of the stadium was packed, and then oh, and it was just a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um I will say tomorrow against Livy. Uh, my quick prediction, Livy are no they're no mugs, and uh, as I said, they will be buzzing with confidence after Sunday. I am gonna go with a I'm, I'm gonna go for a two-nil. I'm gonna go for a two-nil, Chris. Mm-hmm. Who have uh, who
1: get, they got we've got Rafa Throlder, Rovers on Thursday night?
0: Disco lights are back, I seen on the Celtic <laughs> Twitter page.
1: I didn't know that yet but doing it for a week-up game against the Championship side that's a wee bit <laughs> much I think
0: <laughs> and what are you going? Aye I, I am going I'll, I'll be know. I'll be there and uh, also oh before we go we're meant touching this one looking at my notes Um, Chris Sutton and Neil Lennon were refused entry to Ibrox what was your thoughts on that?
1: thought it was an interesting one to be honest yeah
0: Um. I see a lot of pundits are uh, well, a lot of like a lot of pundits and a lot of people in the media are like up in arms about it. But I don't know why, because Celtic have banned the likes of Hugh Kevens uh and various other journalists from entering Celtic Park. So Rangers refusing entry to uh, Chris Sutton and Neil Lennon. Like, what's the issue? Like I didn't see people in the media kicking off at Celtic when they refused entry to journalists. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I, for me, I think it's been blown out of proportion. You know, and I seen, I see Alan McCoist. Actually, I, I love Ali, but I thought he was talking nonsense here. You and know? um, he was on BT Sport, and he was like, "We're going down the Beijing route," and you're like, oh. <laughs> "Come on, <laughs> like, you're really trying to compare yeah. Chris Sutton, and Neil Lennon, getting refused entry to go to Ibrox to speak about a football game to." <laughs> the the the, re- the regime in Beijing like come on <laughs>
1: uh, well par- apparently it was a security risk which is why um, and I suppose that um, if they are going to deny them entry on those grounds um, Rangers do have a duty of care towards Lennon certain so that is indeed that reason then it's probably the right call mm-hmm.
0: yeah so um, is there anything else that you want to touch on Chris before we shoot off
1: eh uh, no that's it
0: but yeah, uh oh, actually before Rafe Rovers tomorrow prediction. Could we Celtic really uh, well, if we to, uh start, in the bounce? <laughs> not, but uh it's
1: Thursday night, so that I'll I'll hope for we get at least three or four. Um should do.
0: Yeah. I imagine imagine you will. Imagine you will, man. Because uh, at home Celtic just seem to be pretty dominant. <laughs> but yeah, until next time, guys, take care and mean well season.